Let's turn to Titus in the New Testament for our New Testament reading. We'll look at the first couple of verses of chapter 1 in the book of Titus, which is on page uh, 998 in the Pew Bibles. are all stuck together. Titus chapter 1, the first two verses. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth, which accords with godliness, in hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began. God never lies. He is not deceptive. He does not change his mind. That's important to remember because he is a God who makes many promises. If he was a God who lied, if he was like us at all in being double-minded or changing what we want at the last minute, then we wouldn't actually be able to rely upon what he says. But we can because he is fully truthful. God speaks, and all that he speaks is true as it corresponds to him. He is the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the truth. Pilate stood before Christ as he was on trial and said, what is truth? It was standing there in front of him, pure, unadulterated reality. He looked truth in the face. As we look through scripture time and again, the promises of God are made on the basis of his character. He always tells the truth. When he speaks, he means what he says. Let God be true and every man a liar. You might think that God hasn't answered your prayers. You might think that based on your life experience, he can't be trusted, but that simply isn't the case. It might be hard to trust him rather than yourself. It might be difficult to see how he's fulfilling his plans and purposes in your life, but he is true. Everything else should be judged according to him and his word, not him and his word according to everything else. His law is perfect. His testimony is sure. His precepts are right. His commandments are pure. His rules are true. His word does not go out and return empty, but it accomplishes everything that he proposes and shall succeed in the thing for which he sends it. So he spoke, and all things came into being. He said, let there be light, and there was light. His word is truth, and reality comes from him. God is not man that he should lie, or son of man that he should change his mind. So he speaks the very word of the Father, Jesus Christ, our Lord, enters humanity, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And Jesus bore witness to the Father. And the Father bore witness to him. He had no need for anyone else to speak on his behalf because his witness was true. And he told his apostles, you are my witnesses. You, the people of God, now bear witness to the truth of Christ. All the promises of God are yes, in Jesus Christ. 
He speaks, and it is so. His word creates life and light for all who believe. God does not misrepresent. He does not slander. He does not gossip. He does not lie. His words are pure words, like silver refined in a furnace. They are sweeter than honey, even honey from the comb. As we then meditate on God's word, let's our prayer be that of the psalmist. From Psalm 19, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. We'll look now to our Old Testament reading, which again will be from the book of Exodus. We'll continue today in the series of messages on God's Ten Words, the Ten Commandments. We're on number nine now. But we'll begin reading from verse 1 of Exodus chapter 20. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in the heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. This is God's holy and inspired word for us today. Well, we learn that God doesn't lie. He, of course, doesn't lie. And as he has spoken these 10 commandments, these 10 words, we know that they are true. When God speaks, he is creating. And so we know that by speaking these words to us, he is creating us as his people. He is renewing us and teaching us his ways. So what kind of people does the ninth commandment make us? What kind of person is God calling you to be through the ninth word? You are called to be people of truth. If you are honestly assessing the current cultural climate that we live in, I think you could recognize that we are not among a people of truth. Truth is what you make of it these days. Truth is whatever you want to believe is true. Whatever will help your team win an election. 
truth is always completely on my side, not on the other person's side. You can create truth through the way you define things. Manipulation of language becomes manipulation of people, becomes manipulation of everything. Slandering others is seen as normal. Gossiping is part of venting one's problems to another, considered therapeutic. Thinking ill of someone else is the starting place unless they prove themselves otherwise. In some settings, God's word may even be used as something to search in order to score points for my own preconceived notion of who God is or what I want the world to be. The idea of people telling the truth under oath is laughable at this point. We all know the justice system is not always just and is often used by those in positions of power to do as they please and get what they want. It's a mess, and we're a mess. But let God be true and every man a liar. You may be tempted, as one who is in the world, to be of the world, to be like them, to spew out vitriolic acid from your tongue or conceal the truth with your lips. You may be tempted to slander those that you think have harmed you in some way, you may even feel completely justified in doing so as if you were the victim. You might be tempted to think that how you use your words doesn't matter that much anyway, it's just words after all. But you've been called out of this world. You are a people of God's own choosing and have been brought out of bondage to declare the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. You are a declarative people, a people of words of text, of speech. You must speak, you must praise, you must declare, or even the stones will cry out. But you must, in all of it, be people of truth. If you won't be, then no one will. If you reject the truth, if you reject submission to the standard of God, who is truth, then there will be no light in the world at all. You must be a people of truth. And this means at least three things. Now, all of your words as a creature are responsive. If you have ever noticed in our worship service, we begin with a call to worship. That's God speaking. And then we speak or sing in response to that. That is to symbolically represent that all of our words are in response to God speaking first. Every word that you will ever speak is a response to the original words of God. He spoke you into existence, and you speak in response to him. The whole of your life could be understood as a dialogue between God and you, and he is always leading the conversation. Because he is the truth, your words must align with him. Your words have to correspond to him. Do you realize the power of words? The enemy does. What's the first thing that the devil did when he came to Adam and Eve in the garden? He questioned the word of God. Did God really say? He attacked the definition of God's words, and because of this, the whole of mankind was plunged into sin, and creation was subjected to futility, just because of a few words. How can that be? We think of language and words as if they are arbitrary. They don't matter that much. What matters are facts. 
reason, physical material, things that we can measure. Words are just conventions, but that's not the case. Words are far more important than anything else. Why? Because at its basic level, that's what everything is. It's not by accident that attempts to manipulate creation begin with attempts to manipulate words. You change the definition of God's word, that God has made them male and female, and that leads to manipulation of bodies. You manipulate God's words in order to justify your actions, or you manipulate how you speak in order to change how someone feels about something. We use euphemism to describe things because it makes it easier to break God's laws that way. Think of how we currently use words like truth, facts, science, love, God, marriage, and more. And you realize that people freely change words to mean what they want the world to be, to fit it the way they desire it. They try to make the world as they want it first by changing their words. As people of truth, your words must align with God's word. That means that your feelings are not the standard. Your ideas are not the standard. Your culture is not the standard. Your experience is not the standard. Your friend group, your social construct, your bubble that you live in is not your standard. The standard for your words, what you speak and what is right and wrong, is judged on the basis of what God has spoken. That starts by knowing, reading, studying, and meditating on scripture. You are, we all are, extremely capable of twisting God's word, of wanting to believe something about God or the world or the church to be true and not having God's word be the final determination of your beliefs. You need to sit under the ministry of the word like you are doing right now Pray that God would give you discernment. We all think we are more discerning than we actually are, so we must be careful to know God's word and let it govern our ideas of what is true. Recognize your propensity to want something to be true, even if it isn't, to think that you know better than you do. You must have your mind renewed. You must learn to love God and his word so that you believe what he says. Usually when people change their minds on something, moving away from the truth of God's word, it doesn't start with some kind of rational process of study. It starts with wanting to believe something other than what God says. Eve didn't reason her way into eat, eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Rather, she saw that it was pleasing in the eyes pleasing to her, so she took it and only tried to justify it after the fact. And you do the same thing. Your words must align with God's word in scripture and in nature. His morality is the truth, and so you must align yourself to it. You must be judged by him and his word, not the other way around. That is why we must pray with the psalmist, may the words of my mouth be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. Secondly, your words must tell the truth. Words 
as I said, are powerful. They are tools of power and they can be used against other people. That makes them dangerous. The tongue is a small member, but it boasts of great things. It's like the rudder of a large ship. Though small, it steers the whole. A forest fire can be set ablaze with a small spark, but the tongue is just that. It is a small fire able to bring light and warmth, but also to burn. There's a reason that God put both teeth and lips between your tongue and the world. You must be careful in your speech, making sure that you are telling the truth. The Ninth Commandment is focused on telling the truth in the courtroom setting. Bearing false witness in the context of a law court is one of the highest forms of lying and slander. Why? It's public as opposed to private. It's official as opposed to a personal setting where you make an offhand comment. It's under oath, unlike your day-to-day -day speech. And it's often spoken within the context of a punitive system. That means if you're bearing false witness, you're using your words to bring some kind of direct harm on your neighbor, maybe defrauding them, maybe putting them in a position of being a prisoner or, in the biblical context, a slave, or even subjecting them to death. In the Old Testament, if you bear false witness against someone, saying that they committed some crime, if it was found out that you were lying, then the punishment that the accused would have received falls on you instead. So if you blamed someone for murder or rape or some other capital crime, and you were lying, then you yourself would have been put to death. That's how serious this is. Bearing false witness is a flagrant abuse of the tongue, but that means that in all contexts, you are called to tell the truth. You must be very careful in every context to tell the truth. In a society that's built upon lies, to tell the truth will be seen as a radical act. But the world's resistance to truth is to be expected. They did not listen to Christ, the very word of the Father, so they won't listen to us. They hated him, and so they will hate us. But you must still be a people of truth. That means that you must practice truth among yourselves. You must be willing to speak hard truths to one another, even if you think it may hurt someone's feelings or break a friendship. That doesn't mean that every truth is right to tell all the time. It doesn't mean that you have to tell someone every time you think they're wrong or they shared fake news or they said something that was a little bit off. It simply means that you can't take part in a lie. When you are asked whether something is right or wrong, you can't lie to preserve the relationship. You, you can speak the truth, but in a loving way. But you must speak the truth. As people of truth, you must not lie to protect somebody from the consequences of their sin. It's not uncommon in churches and homes for abuse to be covered up because you don't want someone to be punished or out of some sense of loyalty to a person. But we cannot be those that cover up sin or hide the truth. In our ministry practices, we must not be manipulative. There are many Christians in their interactions with unbelievers who will want to hide things about the faith because they're worried about what someone might think. But for you, it must be 
by the open statement of the truth that you commend yourself to every person's conscience. You don't have to hide the truth. You never have to fear it. When you speak of God, you must speak the truth. When you're in a job interview and someone finds out you're a Christian and they ask you, do you guys really believe such and such? Fill in the blank with whatever it is, whatever the world hates about the Bible. You have to be willing to be honest enough to stand up for it, even if it means losing a shot at the job. You must be truthful in your words. You must be honest. There will be times, many times in your life, that you're tempted to cover up the truth, deny it, because you think it will get you something better than being honest will get you. But deceit is a pit that you dig for yourself to fall into. If you were to ask Peter after he denied Christ three times to save his own skin if he thought it was worth it, what do you think he would say? Of course, he would wish that he had not done so. Speak truthfully. And be encouraged that just as words are powerful for destruction, powerful to set a fire, to harm, to manipulate, so too words corresponding to the truth are life-giving and world-changing. The simple truth will often, especially in a world of lies, become a greater witness to Christ than many of the things that we think of as Christian acts. God changes lives through the truth of the gospel. It is extremely powerful. And there's a third thing. Lastly, briefly, as people of truth, your words must be pure. Even so-called speaking the truth can be a euphemism for just being a jerk. Plenty of people have defended their hatred and their pride by saying, what, tell me what I said that wasn't true. So all of your truth must be spoken in love. And when it isn't, it doesn't actually correspond to truth because God, who is truth, is love. Your words must be pure, meaning you must not slander one another or anyone. This is corrupt on the stand in a courtroom, and it's just as corrupt when you are speaking with your friends and slandering the good name of a fellow believer. Maybe you've been hurt by someone's words, maybe by their actions or lack of action. So you speak ill of them to another. You can't be that way. Always think the best of your fellow believer. Always assume what is good. There may be times that you are sinned against, in which case you go and talk to them to make it right. But what we like to do is slander. We gossip to others, tell them how we've been hurt, and when someone tells you these things, you assume they're a victim and you join in with their angry words and you condemn someone that Christ died for, often over offenses that could easily be covered just by forgiveness. We are all part of the Twitter mob at heart. We want to join in, signal virtue, attack those who we perceive to be bad because it makes us feel better about ourselves. We want vengeance, and so we spew venom and vitriol with our tongue. Are you faster to say nasty things about a fellow believer who wrongs you, or to praise a fellow believer who helps you? Be honest, be truthful in your assessment. 
So you can see this now as war erupts once again in the world and the hatred in people's hearts spews out as if there's someone perceived as the enemy and there's a cathartic bloodlust that rises up and you use your words to attack and destroy any that you take to be part of unjust acts. It's okay to be vulgar if the object of my attacks is inhuman. Lord have mercy, it is so easy for us to throw off all measure in our words, to lie and attack, to demonize, and we act as though it's no big deal. It's rightly said of us, their throat is an open grave, they use their tongues to deceive, the venom of asps is under their lips, their mouths are full of curses and bitterness. Behold, I am a man of unclean lips, said Isaiah, and come from among a people of unclean lips. But the words of the Lord are pure words. They're like silver tried in a furnace. Our words must be pure. There must be no filthy talk, no unclean joking, no profanity, no vulgarity. We must judge according to God's judgments, and we must be slow to speak slow to join in with the mob, slow to anger, slow to demonize others, slow to violence with our lips. You must speak what is true. You must speak what is pure. You must speak what corresponds to God's speech. The danger is great, but also the blessing that comes from true words, from honesty, from the word of God. This brings life everlasting. It's life-giving and fulfilling. A kind word can turn back anger. It can stop the mouths of those that blaspheme God. A true word, timely spoken, can change the fate of families, churches, nations. Speaking truth is power. The tongue is one of the most powerful tools and weapons that you've been given. Use it well for Christ. Let us pray. Father God, we again acknowledge you as being the source of all truth. Your very word is truth. Lord, we know that the very concept of absolute truth is rapidly vanishing from our culture. But don't Make that stop us from proclaiming words of truth and embracing the truth as you have revealed it to us. Help us, Lord, to be truthful with each other in love, maybe even speaking hard truths when necessary, but always for the purpose of bringing others closer to you. Help us to be truthful for the cause of Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.